G'day and welcome back to another episode of Bush Yarns. I'm Scotty Connell from Kimberley Spirit and I'm stoked to be able to bring you some more yarns from Mount Bush up here in the Kimberley, northwestern Australia. Let's get into it. G'day and welcome back to another episode of Bush Yarns. Um, we're sitting out here in one of the most beautiful oases in the Kimberley on the Gibb River Road at a place called Ellenbray Station and it's one of our favourites and I'm sitting here with the manager, the boss lady. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. Hi. <laughs> um, I like to speak to Logan. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's unreal. It's a real pleasure to be here with you, Larissa Walker. How are you doing? Yeah, good, Scotty. Job's on. It's, um, yeah. Oh, look, that'll happen later on the day. It's, you know, you got to really embrace the morning of Ellen Bray with the bird calls. So it's nice to have a cuppa and, yeah, enjoy nature around you. Oh, absolutely. And it's nice and fresh. It's it's very early. The sun's just about to pop over the hills and um, light this place up for another day. And you can hear the birds in the background. They sort of start up around five. Yeah, five yeah. o'clock. So that's, you don't need an alarm clock out here. You know what time it is by the birds. Oh, yeah. And it's beautiful. And thanks so much for, for doing this, for coming on Bush Yarns. People are really interested in to hear about Ellen Brain, about your story and about what you guys are up to out here. And, um, yeah, it's a real, real treat. Um, do you want to just intro perhaps yourself or and Ellen Bray and um, what you and Logan are up to here and what a day-to-day sort of looks like for you guys? Yeah, so Ellen Bray Station for us, we've we've been out here for the last seven years living on this property. Um, we're around about a three-hour drive from Kununurra, um, heading along the Gibb River Road, which is a bit of an iconic dirt road for tourists to travel along so um, Ellenbray station we we're just shy of a million acres to give you an idea of the size of us so we're around about 60 kilometers by 70 kilometers so that gives you a little bit of room to move that's <laughs> for sure um, it is a pasture lease um, so it still has cattle on the property but our main lot of focus is now the tourism business so um, no one ever made their fortune off the cattle here Mm. Um, although the prices are very good at the moment um, unfortunately we still don't have the stock here to to run a real viable business so hence why Ellenbury station now sells scones so (laughs) we joke that other people in the Kimberley have waterfalls we've got scones so (laughs) um, so yes we welcome people travelers into our home um, and yeah visit visit us as they travel along and um, yeah they enjoy a scone and camp with us um, where the scone tradition started in 2005 um, and last year we sold over 17,000 scones for the <laughs> season so um, yeah, so it seems that people enjoy it, which is really lovely. So, so that's an average of about 100 a day. Yeah. Out the other day. Our biggest day was um, over 350 oh, really? and um, it was manic. Like <laughs> <laughs> there was just, you know, orders of 10, 12 scones coming in at a time. Yeah. We had this family working with us and they had a couple of boys, um, 10 and 12 year old. 
and helping us out in the kitchen for a bit of work experience. And anyway, Zach, who's the 10 year old, um, they're helping me and then I was running out of scones. So I'm like, Zach, you've got to run the kitchen. I'm off <laughs> making scones. And Logan walks in and goes, geez, we're in trouble when Zach's running the kitchen. But, <laughs> but yeah, it's, you know, we have a lot of fun with staff out here and um, we're really fortunate with the staff that we have because they end up a bit like family to us. Um, we do joke that it's a bit like Hotel California. You may check in, but you may never leave. Um, or if you break down, then you definitely won't be leaving, So, which occurs. But uh, um, yeah, so that's sort of a bit of the, the day-to-day, like our, as I said, like our main, main thing is scones um, that come in. And then so from April to October, we open the home up and then when it comes to October, we close the gates and then there's just myself, Logs and our two kids here that live here full time. Mm. Um, and then we just need to prepare ourselves for the wet season. So potentially we can be locked in here for three months without being able to travel um, and our closest supply town is Kananara. So, so you got to really like one another's company. Mm. Um, otherwise you can drive, even though there's a million acres, you, mm. yeah, you can drive each other up the wall if, um, if you don't. So, um, but saying that, like if you are running short on supplies, we can get supplies. There's a plane that does the postal run on the East Kimberley that lands on our airstrip. And, what day um, of the week does it come in? Uh, every Tuesday. Yep. So it's the most exciting day of the <laughs> week, especially in the wet season. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you can get supplies on there. We try and avoid it as much as possible, but we do splurge out sometimes when mm. it gets um, when it's a long stint and get an iceberg lettuce and a few tomatoes and that <laughs> kind of thing. So, um, but it also our airstrip is in the most inconvenient place during the wet season and it's across the creek. So it makes a, um, a interesting scenario when the creek is up and you, you need to get over to the airstrip. So we had um, one time where <laughs> we were getting married and um, previous managers just told us, you know, the river goes up, the river goes down, you know, just cancel the mouth plane, all good. And um, we're like, all right, okay. And then six weeks later, we're still cancelling the mail plane. And little did Logan know, I was ordering all the wine for the wedding. Mm -hmm. And the post office gave us a call and said, you need to do something about your post because you're taking over the post office. <laughs> and so we're like, oh, okay, no worries. So, you know, we've got... The otherwise, they send it back, right? Yeah. <laughs> I've, had, I've just had that yeah. happen. I've like, been <laughs> away for a few months. And yeah, that can occur. Yeah. I do appreciate they did give us a call and yeah. understood the scenario because yeah. I, I certainly, there was a lot of wine there. Um, yeah, and so we organised a boat to get across and, you know, and we had a, a vehicle on the other side, but then that didn't want to start. So you got to sort that <laughs> out. It's always a way. And um, anyway, we finally got it all sorted because you've got to do this twice crossing the creek check the airstrip for the mail plane and and then go back again and anyway when we got there then um the plane landed and I think we took up all the plane because the post just kept coming and coming and coming and then we had to then get from the car to the boat with 
<laughs> all the wine and Logan wasn't impressed because he doesn't even like wine and uh, <laughs> it was a bit of an all-day event. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, that's just one little scenario that uh, can occur out here. Yep. Hi. Which is so foreign to any anybody that hasn't been out here or couldn't really. I guess it begins to give people a bit of an understanding of how remote you are. Yeah. And, oh, um, I guess you appreciate the post bo- um, <laughs> post box at the end of the driveway, don't Ab- you? Absolutely. So. <laughs> absolutely. And that's that's a thing. Like uh, for me as well. Like I I originally had never worked. Um, uh, regional like yep. I know people see this as remote but I I don't feel remote mm. um but um like you know you learn a lot of skills out here like mm. out here I, I'm not a plumber I'm not electrician I'm not but good old um YouTube and Google gets a mm. a good workout when something goes wrong and oh, you yeah. and you don't know what it is but and so you 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 learn a lot and you learn a lot of skills that you don't think you would ever have but because you've been pushed into these scenarios that then um yeah it's it's cool to see what you can achieve so um and if you don't put yourself out there then that's when you yeah yeah you don't um get to see what your true potential can be so yeah yeah it's unreal isn't it and um you guys are running this place on behalf of the Grollo family, Melbourne family. They've Correct. Had, they've had this place for a while now. Yeah, yeah. they've um, had it since 2005. Yep. Um, they absolutely adore the rustic charm of the property mm. and the Kimberley. And, um, and yeah, for them when they come to visit, they, it's like a, I can imagine it would be a, a switch off yep. from their life. So, and that's what the Kimberley brings sometimes. Like yep. it's, it's so raw that um, the hustle and bustle that surrounds you sometimes in cities, you can find peace out here if mm. you want to sit for a little while in the bush. Mm. So, and I think that's, well, that's definitely what Ellenbrae can bring. So yep. we don't have our massive gorge walks or anything like that. So we call ourselves the relaxation spot mm. um, for you to just chill out and get amongst it. Yeah, and in saying that too, it is absolutely spectacular country. Not far f- up the road is the Durack River, which is one of the premier beautiful rivers of the Kimberley. And you guys got your own spots where you're able to go fishing and, and um, have a look around down there. But in saying that it hasn't got all those gorge walks, that's comparing it with El Questro, right? Yeah. Because you were a ranger on El Questro. Yeah, correct. Yep, yeah. Yep. My first love of the Kimberley was El Questro. Yep. And yeah, they're absolutely blessed with their beautiful gorge systems and everything um you know springs and lookouts but then you know Ellenbrae is something else like you know where where the quiet where the um Mm. bird life where the the peace if that makes sense because it El Questro does bring that but it also um there's a lot you can do that, yeah, creates that adventure. And so. that's the real Hollywood of the Kimberley. And this is the real, real Kimberley, essentially. This is the nitty gritty. Yeah. Like being away from everything and hours away from them and and um, further up the road and up the Gib. And you're on a section of the Gib that's quite notorious. <laughs> it is. Realistically, out of all 600 plus <laughs> kilometers of the Gib, this out the front, the, probably the 20, 30 k's either side of it is the sharpest. Yeah. 
There's not really. We don't any... do it on purpose. <laughs> no. no, it's the sharpest sort of shalier section that really rattles cars and yeah, probably. I don't know, it'd have to be close to half of the major breakdowns and the gib would have to happen out your front driveway, right? Uh, more than likely. We used to joke when we first got here that anyone passed our gate, then they seem to break down. So yeah. if you don't want to break down, you need to come into Ellenbro. Yep. So <laughs> have a rest. Because it, yeah. it used to happen all the time. They'd go past, not as much these days because we're very lovely that majority of people are coming in these days. But when we mm. first got here, um, people would say, oh, we were going to come in, but we decided to keep going and then they'd break down. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but yes, it, you know, it, the gib can, can give and can also take. Um, and, you know, some years like last year probably was the worst we'd seen where we had a seven-day wait for a tow truck. But then, you know, it, not to scare everyone off, it's it just you to be prepared. Like things can happen, but you just um, – and not to worry if it does happen. I know it's, it is a, a massive thing for people who you're in the middle of the bush, you're not sure what to do, know that we do so we can help you – no matter what can occur. So um, for us, it's nothing that, you know, it's seven o'clock in the morning and I've already had three people <laughs> come to me about a scenario that they need help with. So, um, but that's just the give. And you haven't done the give until you've had uh, an interesting time, I guess, <laughs> a, a breakdown or something going wrong. <laughs> Absolutely. And the moral of that story is to make sure you drop in Dell and Ray. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Exactly. Don't good, go past our game. Good little sales pitch. For sure. <laughs> it's, it's only um, 5Ks off the give as well. So it's quite close. And coming in um, yesterday for us, it's it's the freshest 5Ks going. You've run the um, tyres behind the... you got your own little grader. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep, the tractor with tyres. That's yep. how we grow the road. Yeah. <laughs> so it's actually, yeah, it's just the perfect 5k driveway at the moment. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah, you certainly got to think outside of the box here. Um, yeah, if you want a smooth road, then that's it. Like grab the mm. tractor and a few tyres. I wanted a laundry a few years ago and, um, and Logs was like, well, there's an old stock camp and I saw a caravan down there. How about we go and get that? And I'm like, well, that sounds good. So we <laughs> went down there, put some wheels back on it and someone was towing the caravan while another person was going behind it and picking all the pieces up and then cemented it in and painted it. And now we've got a laundry, so <laughs> which is great. So, so good. Yeah. <laughs> this place is known and I've been coming here for a long time now and this place has been well known for a long time for the beautiful little homestead and oasis and all the trees and the birds and the finches in the garden while you're eating your scones and all of that sort of stuff. Um, is that cold? Oh, no. Was there a golden tree snake? No, no. You get plenty of them around here too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'll just hand you coffee. Is it? Have you smashed it? Oh, you've nailed it already? No, nah, still got it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, it's such an amazing, amazing... I thought you were saying there was a snake behind me. <laughs> <laughs> Which com covenant carers. Which is so, absolutely... Because yep. there are a few residents, ones that live in the homestead. Yeah. Yep. I've completely forgot what I was, where I was going <laughs> Speaking about the homestead, it is really quite funny... Um, a lot of people do come in here because sometimes people's image of a homestead is this grand homestead, that sandstone, or mm. and they come and walk into 
into our homestead and they're like, oh, we just just would like to come and, you know, where's the homestead? We'd like mm. to go and see it. I'm like, you're in it. <laughs> this is it. Like, it's, it's, um, it's a bit like a shed, but with beautiful floorings of Kimberley stone and mm. yeah, it's, it's rustic. But, um, which also creates a very interesting scenario in the wet season when you, um, want to eat dinner. And I feel like every year there's a new bug that, um, certainly breeds up really well. And (laughs) (laughs) it's really the oasis coming in because coming in from out there, like out on the road and out on the gib itself, it's so, um, so dry and, and all of that. When you come in here and you're just completely surrounded, it's all shade. The whole homestead area, you know, is completely shady from one side to the next and all these trees are so beautiful and that's what I was getting to, I did remember. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The big boab tree that this essentially, Mm. this entire place was built around actually fell down, which is something that's been new to me in the last five years in the Kimberley is starting to see like thousand year old boab trees just fall over and within a year or two, mm. they're completely gone. Like they're never there because they don't have rings like other trees and they do just completely disintegrate. But you guys are actually standing in here when the Ellen Bray tree, yeah. one of the most beautiful trees out of any homestead garden in the entire Kimberley, literally, yeah. literally just came falling down. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it was a shock in the morning. Like we saw a cracker in a that morning and we're like oh surely not on our watch like Mm. seriously we're meant to be looking after the place and then the (laughs) thousand year old boab tree falls over um but then it was two o'clock in the afternoon and we were having lunch and and then we heard a noise and like it's like she's going she's going quick get out and she was thinking of us as she fell down because she fell down in the most beautiful spot um, which didn't damage the homestead or our bathroom or anything. So, but she was so huge that we couldn't move her. Like you can't use a chainsaw cause it's fibrous. Mm. And, um, so she was the feature of the garden for all season until mm. it did, she did, um, start to disintegrate, but yeah, she was definitely, there's certainly, I'm sure a lot of people that had passed through whilst she was here, there is a lot of photos, mm of the bathtub beside the uh, Boab tree and she was the giant of the garden. But um, There's really no prior warning, right, either. Like, it no. still just looked like a perfectly beautiful tree, as tall as any other tree in the garden yep. here and just an amazing tree. Yeah. And then yep. it's just like a couple of cracks and you guys just happened to be here. And it was only that morning that the yep. crack showed. Yeah. And then, yeah, happened to be here to see her fall over that's unreal isn't it just the end of an era but the place you wouldn't even know it now when you come in here you just wouldn't even know it was ever there yeah and it just looks as beautiful as ever but it's just that one thing that yeah if you had visited prior yeah yeah, you'd definitely notice and (laughs) where's the boab tree god yeah yeah absolutely yeah and that's the thing like that's they've lived for you know i'm not sure how old that boab tree was but potentially a thousand years old Mm. um to live that long and then to actually see it fall over, it's a really rare event. Yeah, and talking about um, the water before the homestead and the creek that's just down below and, and how um, hectic it gets in the wet season, it would have seen a few floods and a few... Yeah. We would have seen some amazing things. Absolutely. In this, in this time. If trees could talk, I'm sure there would be some interesting stories. And yeah, like I, it'd probably be able to tell us how high the water does come up to, So, mm. which would be... a a nice thing to know. <laughs> yep, yep, <laughs> but, <laughs> absolutely. Um, so um, I remember 
not long ago, it was probably last week or the week before, Logan was up the airstrip doing something and there was some um, dingoes. Or there was a, yeah. Can you tell us about that? I don't know, I'd rather hear it from him, but I know yeah. you've <laughs> yeah, probably got an interesting he's, account of it. No. <laughs> like your own, yeah. Yeah, I, I, um, he's probably better telling the story and he'll probably listen to this and I got it wrong. <laughs> um, but yeah, he went over to check the strip um, as we had the mail plane coming in and and um, he, he'd heard some noises and then was walking up the strip and, um, and then he saw like tracks and you could, he could see that a scenario had occurred with like some cows and dingoes and everything and he thought, oh, well, you know, that must have occurred prior to his time here. And anyway, kept walking and then saw the couple of dingoes and, and um, he's, yeah, it, thought oh okay righto so obviously picked up a few rocks or something like that to to make sure that they don't come close but because he must have disturbed them while they were going after the calf they were still on the hunt and um and then anyway they started heading towards logs and he's yeah started obviously to back away and um they started getting closer and so he's you know, tried to sort of stand a ground a bit and, um, you know, ward them off. But, um, yeah, in the end, he, I'm not sure exactly what happened in the end, but mm. I just know that he ended up on the roof of the car. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but, um, and all safe in the end. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it's not a, like he was by himself mm. and, um, and, you know, a, a scary situation to be in, like, and yep. especially in the wet season as well. We're really cautious in the wet season because it is only us that are here, plus with the kids. So mm. you try and not take too many risks because you are, you know, you're not a five-minute drive to the hospital. Mm. So um, it is, it is a, um, you know, you're waiting a while for a plane to land or to get to to be able to get out so yeah but um but yeah he'd probably tell the story a lot better than me so (laughs) sorry scotty (laughs) (laughs) it was um and talking about the cattle here like you were saying you're a primary tourism adventure now Mm. venture now um but you do have cattle on the place and it was only a few years ago you had um milton and the team from um, yeah. across the border come over and do a muster? And yeah, yeah. Milton came over to do a muster. We've done an, another few musters and we've got one coming up in a few weeks' time as well. Yeah. Um, so with the muster, it's not like mustering thousands of cattle into the yard. We've probably only got about, oh, who knows, 3,000, 4,000 on the property. That's a mm. real guesstimate. Yeah. Um, and, you know, what we, what we do now, so it's all an unmanaged herd. And what we, uh, the breed we have on the property is your English Shorthorns, which is the original species that came into the Kimberley. The better cattle stations reinvested their money and have put Brahmin on, but obviously no one ever made their fortune um, from the cattle. So hence we've got the English Shorthorns still. And we bring a mustering crew in and they um, catch bulls. So... Um, the best I can give a scenario, if anyone, the Outback Ringer show, exactly what happens on there is exactly what happens here. So um, what they do is they bring in all the gear. So helicopter, bull catcher, 
um, truck and everything. And um, and if it's it's not for the faint-hearted, that's for sure. I, I got to jump in a bull catcher a couple of years ago um, with Gus and there there was no bar to hold on. Um, I was <laughs> holding on the seat and I felt like I was uh, lying sideways the whole entire time because of all the trees we were going underneath. There's absolutely no safety gear on the on the uh, bull catcher. Uh, all they wear is sunglasses, so they don't get <laughs> sticks in their eyes. Um, but yeah, the uh, hats off to them. Like, you know, they they make split decisions and um, to catch the bulls. So the helicopter goes out and finds some scrub bulls in the bush, brings them out where the helicopter uh, the bull catchers can come in, and then one of the bull catchers will haze, um, will guide the bull in the right direction while the other one comes along and puts the hydraulic arm over it and then they'll stop and tie it to a tree and then they'll go and catch a few more and then um, pick them up and take them to the yard so that's what it, our mustering is very short and sharp now so um, we just yeah whatever bulls are out there go and catch and then once it starts churning money then that's when the muster stops so um, yeah. it is we don't have um as much access to the property as other properties do so um, it's a lot of natural bushland now so um, so yeah so some places are quite remote and may have a few herd of cattle but um, they potentially will never be mustered yeah yeah and you've got the beautiful Drysdale River National Parks of the North mm-hmm. and then your neighbours um, the Myers at Theta and Doongan yep and, and then we've got Drysdale yep. and we've got um, Gibb River Station and so Nagalagunda. How, how far is your closest neighbour? 110 k's. Yep. Just and up the road. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, and you do get together in the wet and catch yeah, up. Yeah, we do. Yep. Yeah. Like, you know, as I said before, you've got to think outside of the box. So we'll drive to, to a river and they'll drive to a river and we'll boat across and go and see them and if you know if the you always got to watch the weather so because the weather can change instantly here and you think it's going to be good old bomb says it's going to be no rain today and then all of a sudden you you're driving through 40 mils of rain so um it can happen really quickly but yeah we certainly catch up with neighbors um during the wet um have a barbecue so and yeah you you try and make you make your own fun and you you yeah you just got to go out and do it like we do a melbourne cup show here um every year um and invite all the neighbors and services and stuff from town and you know that it sort of brings people in a bit and sort of a debrief after um Deep. What was that? I know someone. Oh, okay. They're turning the oven on yep. for the scones. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Um, yeah. So, yes, yeah, it's, it's it's a catch up after the tourism season and a debrief after the tourism season, and you know, it's it's good fun. Like, yeah, we do your sweeps and your Calcutta, but then. Because it's so early in the day, Melbourne Cup, we were like, well, what do we do in the Arvo? And so <laughs> the night before, we we're running around and catching cane toads. And then in the afternoon, we uh, we 
um, race cane toads. And the first year we did it, like the maximum for cane toad went was $15. Now it's like a couple of hundred dollars for a cane toad. So, <laughs> but yeah, it's lots of fun and it just, you got to create your own fun out here. And talking about um, everyone that comes out, I know you're saying like, and services, um, when she said that, I've been out and you're talking about like local paramedics, fireys, people, you know, and like half of those people may live in town or whatever, but this is essentially their workplace as well. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And you create those relationships because you rely on them and it's, you know, it, and you do, you being remote, you, you get to know them quite well well because you want to feel comfortable to call them at any time because um and yeah and I feel sorry for them because you do sometimes because you do feel comfortable for them and you create those relationships where and good on them they make their time and effort to create those relationships too Mm. so to know that we know that you're remote but don't hesitate to give us a call. So, um, which is really lovely. Like Simo, um, who's a wind and paramedic and Felix, who is working for DFES, like they go above and beyond, um, to make sure you not know that, um, cause there's been many a times there's been a situation where like, you know, Logs has been away and a fire has started to come in and I'm here by myself and, you know, to, to know that you can call upon someone and just get advice or, mm. and you know, know you're not hassling them. So yeah. yeah, which is really, really lovely. Yeah. And that's the community, like you're saying, it doesn't matter if they're living hundreds of kilometers away, they are able to, that's, this is their job yeah. essentially is to be out here just as much as it is in town doing whatever they're doing in there. And, and it's funny, like you do say community, there mm. is a community out here mm. in, um, on the Gib. It's like, yeah. although you're, you, as I said, like a, your closest neighbor is a hundred kilometers away, but in the wet, you're trying to catch up with one another. In the dry season, you're all talking to one another on the phone. So yeah. you look out for one another. You know, bombs the favourite website during the wet season to see where the rain is. If you know there's a massive storm and a lightning strikes and everything that's gone over their place, you give them a call to make sure they're okay because you know they're in the same scenario as you are. Yeah. And we're really fortunate now these days that we can do that. The communication is fantastic in mm. remote regional places you've got you've got the phone you've got you know um uh internet and you've mm. got tv like you you're a lot more connected to people than what you used to be yeah and something um that just sprung to mind our friends at destination kimberley or the kimberley australia instagram they're hooking into the rfds um helping them raise their 600 grand they were going for for this year for um, vital equipment they need to service these areas and people like the RFDS are huge, oh, hugely important out here. Absolutely, right? massively. Have, have you used them? Yeah, yeah, we've used them many a time. Yeah. So, and only a lot of the time it's only small scenarios. So, yep. um, like for the kids and that kind of thing, ear infections. So we have a medical chest kit here mm. that has anything from band aids to. Um, antibiotics to morphine and everything in it. So you give them a call and tell them what scenario is happening and then they'll give you a number for the medication. And, um, yeah, so it can be the smallest – well, it's not a smallest thing because it can turn into something big if you don't do something about it now. So – and, you know, and then 
obviously also for advice like that's the best thing for me in my mind knowing that incidents can occur on the road accidents can occur on the road I don't have the knowledge Mm. but I know I can call someone who does who can give me advice so where that's where the royal flying doctors come in as well you know they can't be there straight away on site but you can speak to a professional who can advise you the best they can so as well so you're not only the royal flying doctors but school of the air that is a really important um service as well cody's um just turned four this year and has started kindy with school of the air Mm -hmm. and you know without school of the air us wouldn't be here because we want our kids educated and we want them to go to school. Um, and if you don't provide that service, then we would go move to a town. And so you wouldn't have families running stations or um, tourism operations without that service. Mm, absolutely. Has it just dropped down a few degrees or what? Yeah, like <laughs> the sun's come up, so usually it does. Yeah, it's the like sun's right. just rose. It's um, probably expected to be like mid-30s today, like... Yeah, probably. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Mid thirties <laughs> every day, literally. <laughs> this time People of year. always look at us really weird when they come up in the morning because, like, I've I've got a jacket, a scarf, long pants on, and it's probably <laughs> only nineteen degrees. But yeah. and that's it. It has dropped right down, but it's probably is only nineteen or twenty degrees right now. But going for the top of around thirty-five, I would say. Who, who knows? But that's the same every day, and it's clear blue sky, and for the dry season now. Um, late May, whatever we are, um, yeah. going to June, July. The next sort of two months, it does get quite fresh out here. People wouldn't expect it. But yeah, oh, out, absolutely. Out here away from the towns. and Often we get people come in and they're like, do you have a blanket we can borrow for tonight? Because <laughs> yeah. I didn't expect it to be this cold. Yeah, so, perfect yeah. campfire weather. Absolutely. I really love this time of the year. It's best camping time. And, and you do have a few campsites on the property which people come and stay in? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, we do. We, you know, our rustic amenities, so, um, and a couple of, we just uh, um, adjusted one of the showers to have like a watering can coming down and looking up at a boab tree while you're showering, mm, like beautiful. a bit of a, that's a beautiful part about Ellen Bray. You can think outside of the box and yeah. Create quirkiness, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, anything, like any advice for young people? I know there's young people that are living in the towns and I know there's a lot of young people um, that go through school in the city or something and all they've ever wanted to do is get out and come out to a place like this like you guys have and and um, come out and work on a station. Any advice for any young girls particularly um, and guys um, and boys to come out and and enjoy this sort of life and steps they could do to get here? Yeah. Not to be afraid to do it. Like, that's the, I think the biggest thing, like, especially for me, like, I I grew up in a, around a town and stuff as well. And um, the hardest step is the first step. And then once you've taken that step, you realise that things flow. So if, you know, being out bush is what you want to do um google google where you want to be Mm. and then send them an email and approach them that's how we've gotten jobs is you know where do i want to go where do i want to be all right okay and then if you don't know how to create that next step of an email someone always does so ask for advice 
So you're not meant to know everything. Mm. And, you know, that. The, yeah, so there always will be someone that can help you, just not to be afraid to ask. And it's that so. initiative that is getting you in the door that's going to keep you going through the whole Absolutely. thing anyway. Because you need that initiative is probably yeah. key to everything out here, isn't it? Yeah, and, you know, a lot of people have that romantic idea of living in the bush. It's mm. not easy. Yep. It can be tough. Yep. You know, and you've got to be prepared for that. It is isolating for some people. Um, you know, the shops aren't just down the road. Your family's just not there. But, you know, it is also very rewarding. So, um, and if the place that you had chosen isn't the right place for you, for you, mm. then have a look and see if there's somewhere else. So, but remember never to burn your bridges mm. and... Do, you know, treat people how you want to be treated. Yep. So, um, because I think that's the best way to go through it. Like, you know, our staff, we, we love them to bits and we treat them how we would want to be treated. Mm. So, um, and have fun, have a laugh, have a mm. laugh at yourself. If you maybe make a mistake, well, mm. that's how you learn. Mm, so, absolutely. it's Okay. And there's plenty of them. That's a lot. Oh, That's the oh my God, the <laughs> amount of mistakes we've made at the, and still making them, definitely. But you know what? You, you, <laughs> sometimes people never let you forget them. Yeah. Um, but that's the banter and the fun of it anyway. Absolutely. And um, just wanting to keep this short and sharp because Larissa's got a big day on and just really grateful for your time. I feel like it's just the beginning of like this is really just sort of skirting around the edges and just laying down a bit of a foundation and perhaps next time when we have you on we can go a bit more into a few of the stories about things that have happened around here and that sort of stuff. But just um, yeah, really grateful for your time and um, for coming on Bush Yarns and sharing a bit of your story with the listeners. And if you want to get in touch, um, obviously... Come all the way out here and visit. <laughs> don't drive out past our driveway. Absolutely. And otherwise, they can get in touch. Um, they can check out Facebook, right? Or yeah, yep. Yeah, yep. we're on social media. And yeah, yep. always happy to yeah have a chat and have a yarn. But thank you for letting me come on Bush Yarns. And oh, yeah, pleasure. really appreciate the time. Absolutely. And we'll, we'll do it again sometime. And I look forward to that. But for today, job's on. Yep. And, Back um, to it. Sun's Scones. up now. Scones. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks so much, Larissa. Really appreciate your time. Cheers, Scotty. Cheers for tuning in to another episode. I trust you enjoyed it. To follow more of our journey, check us out on Instagram at Kimberly Spirit or the website KimberlySpirit.com. Stay stoked and God bless.